This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We commence always in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the household of Rasulullah his companions, to bless every one of us and to grant us all goodness. My beloved brothers and sisters, the verses that we will be going through this evening are from Surah Al-An'am, a surah that was revealed in Makkah Al-Mukarramah. And very quickly, one of the main differences of or the verses or the surahs that were revealed in Mecca from those that were revealed in Medina is that in Mecca they primarily dealt with subjects connected to belief belief in Allah, his qualities, belief in the hereafter, belief in the fire, heaven and hell belief, uh, all the aspects of belief and yes it had a little bit more as well response to some of the questions that had arisen uh, a bit of encouragement because of the time that the Muslims were facing great difficulty, warnings to those who were harming the Muslimin, how uh, war would take place, should take place, etc. In fact, the, the details of the war came in Medina Munawwara. And a very interesting fact is the verses known as the Makki verses are connected to the pre Hijra time not necessarily those verses that were revealed in Mecca because some of them were revealed in Mecca after the Hijrah. So if it was revealed after Hijrah, it's known as Madani. This was a Madani verse. It's the era, it's the Meccan period and the Medina period. So the reason I start with the small introduction is because the verses we have this evening are powerful. They are unique. You and I were created by Allah. We have no option but to return to the same Allah. There's no option, no chance, no matter who you are. Even if you've never seen a war in your life, you've never had a sickness in your life, you've never ever had a problem in your life, you're still going to return to Allah. This evening in Salat al-Isha, verses that were read connected to a very wealthy person. He had almost everything in terms of wealth, more than so many, more than all at the time perhaps. And what happened is, Allah still took him away, subhanAllah. He had to still return to Allah. So it's a lesson for all of us, those who are powerful, those who are wealthy, those who are not. For those who are powerful and wealthy, they need to know Allah is telling them this is not going to last. And for those who are sick or sickly or going through difficulty and hardship, the same thing is being told to them. This is not going to last, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. What an amazing way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us. So Allah is speaking about the status and the value of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the highest. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it's not going to reduce the value of Allah. If you do not acknowledge the status of Allah, guess what? You're still going to return to Him. And if you've acknowledged it, you will still return to Him. The difference is when you acknowledge the status of Allah and you have tried your best to develop that relationship with Allah, to make peace with Allah, you look forward to the day you're going to meet with Him. You look forward. The hadith says, Man ahabba liqa Allahi, ahabba Allahu liqa'ah. 
Whoever is looking forward with love to the meeting with Allah, Allah is looking forward with love to meet him or her too. May Allah make us from among those. You're looking forward to meeting with Allah? Allah says, well, I'm looking forward to meeting with him too. Subhanallah. So this here, this is showing us that those who have not acknowledged the status of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it has not affected Allah. It has not affected Allah in any way. In fact, it has damaged them. It has made their value lower. They will lose their contentment. They won't know where they're going. They won't know why things are affecting them. A true believer, when goodness comes in his direction, who does he thank? He thanks Allah because the day he came onto the earth, he had nothing. You know, they say, it's amazing if you look at it this way. What Whatever you have is from Allah such that when you came onto the earth, you had nothing, you came naked. Even the clothes that were put on you, were put on you. They were not yours, subhanallah. They became yours. So no one can say, I came to the earth, I had nothing. As soon as you came, there was something you had. You were breathing, you were there. Allah provided something for you. Some have more, some have less. Some don't have what they want, so they're depressed. And some don't have necessity, but they're still happy. Look at how it works. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the people of the time, the people of the book, some of them, as well as the pagans of Mecca, those who used to say things against Allah. What was one of the statements they said? They said, revelation, Allah will not reveal to a man. How can Allah reveal to someone? How can book, a book come down to someone? Revelation, what claim is that? Allah won't reveal a book to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Who was he? Astaghfirullah. Look at the statement. So Allah says, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ إِذْ قَالُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَى بَشَرٍ مِّنْ شَيْءٍ They indeed did not respect or grant Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or they did not acknowledge the status of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they made the statement that Allah did not reveal anything to a human being. When they said that, they, did not, they were not acknowledging the status of Allah. They were putting a blemish, should I say, in that status of Allah, trying to. Nothing's going to harm Allah. Those who made the statement, they've already died. Subhanallah. They didn't live for more than a few years. Did it help them? No. We are here 1430 something years later or 40 years later or more because this was in Mecca. And we're talking about those who lived not decades ago, centuries back. Subhanallah. And Allah is saying, look, they didn't acknowledge the status of Allah. I want to raise a question from myself for us. Will we not be from among those who acknowledge the status of Allah? Will we not acknowledge? We have acknowledged that this revelation is from Him. It's not enough to just say, yes, it's from Allah and then leave it aside. Let's do something to learn, to learn more. So Allah says they did not acknowledge the status of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they made such blasphemous statements from their mouths saying that, you know what, they, Allah didn't reveal upon a human anything. So Allah says, tell them, what about the book that was revealed to Musa? Moses, may peace be upon him. Who revealed that? You see, from among them, there were those who believed in the Torah. They believed that was from Allah. If you believe the Torah was from Allah and it was revealed to the Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, why don't you believe in the Quran and the fact that Allah could reveal and he has revealed and read it and check it 
and compare the two and you will see that it's from the same source. And in fact, you will see that this one has actually come with verses confirming what was in that one. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ مَنْ أَنزَلَ الْكِتَابَ الَّذِي جَاءَ بِهِ مُوسَى Ask them, who revealed the book that Prophet Moses, peace be upon him, came with? Who was it? What was in the book? Allah says, نُورًا وَهُدًا لِلنَّاسِ in that book, what was there? There was light. There was guidance for the people. Who revealed that book? As for you, Allah is saying, you make it into pages. You have jotted it down and you show some of it and you hide a lot of it. Because in those scriptures was confirmation of those who were to come thereafter. So what people do, they show you what they want. What they don't want, they'll hide it. Sometimes they've hidden more than they've shown a lot of the times, unfortunately, and we have to talk about this, when people try to create hatred against Islam and the Muslims, they show you a few verses of the Quran and they tell you, look, this has hate in it. They don't talk about context because every verse should be understood in the context of its revelation. Yes, rules and regulations shall be extracted, but within the context of revelation by the experts of that extraction, not by every Tom, Dick and Harry. But they will not show you the other verses, thousands of them, that have confirmed the peace, the goodness, the beautiful teachings and so on. They'll pick on three or four things and they'll show that to the world as though the Quran only has four or five verses in it and that's it. If you were to Google verses of hate in the Bible or verses of hate in the Jewish scriptures or verses of hate in the Torah, Talmud, etc., you will be shocked. But we are convinced that those verses are also understood in a context, in a context that people may not know if they were to just see the verse. Subhanallah. But people are quick to look at the Quran and say, you know what? That's the book. The Quran has in it far less that can be questioned in order to achieve clarification than any other book. It's the book of Allah. Clear. Very easy to understand. Yes, there are certain verses in it that will need explanation. And the experts will be able to explain them. But we must know that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is filled with goodness. And we believe in that book. So Allah says, if Musa alayhi salam received the book and you've read it, you've seen it, or even if you haven't, but you've acknowledged it, then you, you, you'd acknowledge this one as well. It's part of the same. So Allah says, تُبْدُونَهَا وَتُخْفُونَ كَثِيرًا You actually show, show and hide a lot of it. A lot of it is hidden. You don't want to show people, there's this verse. No, 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 it's not there. Take it, show it, hide it behind your back. So Allah says, you have been taught that which neither you nor your forefathers have known. So much Allah has taught us. You know, who is Allah, His names, His qualities, the hereafter, the, the prophecies, what is going to happen, what has already come, already prophesied, so many things. And on top of that, there, were, there is so much that Allah has taught us through revelation. We should be thankful. Look at the do's and don'ts of a Muslim are in place in order to ensure that you lead a pure, clean, beautiful life. That's why the rules are there. Content, happy, healthy, focused, and going into the hereafter having fulfilled the purpose of your existence on earth 
in a way that you have pleased Allah and you've succeeded in the hereafter. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qulillah. The question was, who revealed the book to Moses? The answer is, tell them it was Allah. The same Allah who revealed the Quran. And then Allah says, you know what? ذَرْهُمْ فِي خَوْضِهِمْ يَلْعَبُونَ They will probably be lying. They will probably deny. They will probably be, you know, indulging in their amusement and play. Allah says, leave them. Let them indulge. You tell them what's right, let them indulge. After that, Allah will deal with them. Subhanallah. Our duty is to convey the message clearly. Our duty is none other than to convey the message clearly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us to understand this and to be able to practice upon the goodness of conveying the message as clearly as possible. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ And this is the book. This book, the Qur'an. We have revealed it. It is blessed. The blessed book. مُصَدِّقُ الَّذِي بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ It has confirmed that which came before it. It has confirmed the Injil. It has confirmed the Torah. It has confirmed the Suhuf of Ibrahim and Musa. The Psalms of David and so on. All of this is confirmed in the book. There is no negation. And there is no contradiction within the Qur'an. When it comes to the pure, pristine, original scripts of that which was revealed in the past. Belief was always in one Allah, belief in the angels, belief in the last day, belief in the books, belief in good and bad fate, that it comes from the Almighty, belief in the messengers. All this was part and parcel of the message from the beginning. It was always the same. Iman was always the same. Yes, sometimes a few rules and regulations change because of the time, the times. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, over and above this book being that which confirms what was revealed before it, it also has in it a warning. For who? لِتُنذِرَ أُمَّ الْقُرَى So that you, O Muhammad can warn the mother of all cities. Which city was that? City of Mecca. It was known as Umm al-Qura. Umm al-Qura, the mother of cities. In that region, it was the big city, Mecca. There were two big cities there, Mecca and Taif. And this is why the kuffar of Mecca, they said, لَوْلَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِّنَ الْقَرْيَتَيْنِ عَظِيمٍ Why did Allah not reveal this Qur'an to a big person from these two cities? Why did He choose someone who was an orphan, etc., etc.? And Allah says, we give virtue to whomsoever we wish. Subhanallah. It doesn't mean the rich are going to be the pious as well. It doesn't mean the famous are also going to be the pious as well. Mostly you might find it. Meaning those who are, they would be fortunate. But mostly you find those who are downtrodden. They accept more readily because they have less to change in life. When a man is earning haram 100,000 every month and you tell him, brother, this is haram, he'll say, yeah, keep on, keep on saying it, it's okay. But when a guy is earning $10 haram, he'll probably tell you, yeah, throwing it away. It was easier. So it becomes more difficult to change your whole life. That's why one of the incidents where one of the rulers was asking the, the, some of the kuffar of Mecca, among whom Abu Sufyan was at the time, he was asking him, who follows this man? What type of people follow him? So he said, you know what? The poor, those who are low in society and community follow in greater number. He said, well, that's it. 
That's, that's the same that's been happening with all the messengers. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us acceptance. You know, we have an issue with ourselves, which is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing, but it's worth pondering. We always want the best of both. And if there's three, we want the best of all three. We'd say, oh Allah, give us this as well. We want the guidance, but make us the wealthiest at the same time. May Allah grant us goodness. It's not wrong to say that. But that's just the nature of humankind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us barakah in our wealth. And may He also grant us goodness in our deen and in our relationship with Him. Ameen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, to warn the people of Makkah and those around. So it started off in Makkah and those around. Look where it beamed today. All the four corners of the globe. Subhanallah. Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ As for those who believe in the hereafter, they believe in this revelation. And they believe in Allah. They believe in the Qur'an. Subhanallah. وَهُمْ And one of their qualities is, عَلَى صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ They protect their prayers. What is the meaning of protecting your prayer? You make sure you don't let go of it. You see, the word protecting prayer is so powerful. It gives us the understanding that we need to safeguard it because shaitan wants to snatch it. I have five prayers a day. Hold them. Hold them tight. Because you know what? If one is snatched, oh, you didn't protect your prayer. Shaitan took one away from you. Shaitan took the other one away from you. Did you protect your prayer? The answer is, at the end of the day, if you did all five, you say, yes, I did. MashaAllah. You did well. So those who believe in Allah, they protect their prayer. They don't allow shaitan to snatch one away, two away. You ask someone, you read salah, he says, yeah, I make two a day. They say, two a day, okay. We don't want to discourage you, but we want you to know that that's not good enough. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. So imagine when Allah says, ala salatihim yuhafidhun. This is not the only place in the Quran. He uses the word hifz and you know this protection when it comes to salah. People understand it in different ways. I've just given you an example to try and visualize it, to say, look, look after it, because it's, it can be stolen, so protect it. Then Allah says, now, before I translate the next verse, let me explain something. There were people, now that the verses were revealed to Muhammad and he started reading the verses, some of those who didn't want to accept, what did they say? They said, Jibreel came to me too. I also got verses. Come, let me show you. And they started reading verses and saying things. And those things had no meaning. They were, they were made a laughing stock of. People laughed at them. One of them was Musaylama later on. And there were so many others. So many others at all different times. This verse applies to all of them. Allah says, Who is there more oppressive than the one who fabricates against Allah a lie? Or he says, Revelation has come to me and no revelation came to him. Subhanallah. Allah has inspired me through revelation. And no, so to fabricate a lie against Allah, there is nothing more oppressive than that. You can lie about what that man said and what this guy said, falsely accuse someone. Those are all big crimes, major sins. But when you start lying against Allah, now you're playing a totally different ball game. You're somewhere else. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is all-powerful, all-able. You are tempering with the wrong person. Imagine there's a powerful person who, who you have witnessed how he has, you know, destroyed others. You wouldn't even mess with him. Not at all. This is not a powerful person. You're talking of your creator. The one whom you have no option but to return to. You don't play games with him. You don't lie against him. Yes, if you have committed a sin, 
with all humbleness and humility, you admit it and you say, oh Allah, I was weak, it's my human nature. That's a quality of a believer. He does not commit a sin out of defiance of Allah, never. He doesn't say, oh Allah, you made this haram, I'm going to do it to show you you can't do anything to me. Astaghfirullah. No believer does that. When a person commits a sin as a believer, one of the signs that he is a believer is the fact that he knows it's a sin. He doesn't like it. He's doing it out of human weakness. And immediately he repents to Allah and he regrets it. But when someone has defiance, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never make us from those. You are committing a sin. You are lying. You are against Allah, against others, whatever else you are doing. And you are trying to think to yourself and say also sometimes, what you're going to do to me? What you're going to do to me? Allahu Akbar. Allah says, wait, we'll see. Let's see what happens. We'll give you a chance. People ask, why doesn't Allah automatically, immediately punish them? Imagine you lie, you get a slap. Lie another one, you get a slap. Well then, what's the point of belief? Because then it's happening almost instantly. Allah says, we give you a chance. We give you respite. Let's see if you can come. It's part of your test. That's why we are on earth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and also from among those who are oppressive and who fall into the category of those we were talking about just now, the one who says, I will send down similar to that. I will reveal similar to that which Allah has revealed. That's even worse. Allah revealed the Quran. Wait, I'm going to come with, an, with my own Quran. So Allah says that is very oppressive. And then something Allah says thereafter that can actually shake us. All those who make those big, big statements against Allah. What happens to them at the end? We said it earlier. They die. They've died and they will die and they do die and they shall die. And when they die, what happens? No one hears about them. They can't talk. They are not there. Where did they go? They went back to where they came from. Where did they come from? Allah. So they've gone back to Allah. So Allah says, oh, now let's talk to you. Let's remind you now. What did you used to say? You used to lie against us. You used to say Allah didn't reveal anything. Then you came out and said, Allah revealed to me. Then you came out and said, I'm revealing something similar to Allah. Allah says, وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذِ الظَّالِمُونَ فِي غَمَرَاتِ الْمَوْتِ Look, if you, were to, if you were able to see those oppressors, those wrongdoers, such as those we've mentioned just now, and even others who have done wrong, Allah says, at the moment of the death, at the moment that death comes to them, that particular moment of hardship, the pangs of death, and you see, وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ بَاسِطُ أَيْدِيهِمْ You know, the angels with their arms stretched up, Calling out to them to say what? Akhriju anfusakum. Let that soul come out. It's a call coming out. Let the soul come out. The soul comes out. So Allah says, al-huni. On this day, you shall taste, you shall be recompensed actually with a punishment that is disgraceful. Why disgraceful? You thought you could disgrace Allah. That can't happen. You will be disgraced. So today, you will taste a disgraceful punishment as a recompense. Because you used to fabricate against Allah without the truth, no truth at all. And you used to deny the verses of Allah out of arrogance and pride. When someone comes and tells you, you know, fear Allah, Allah says this, you say, what fear? What Allah? What did he say? That's what people say. Today, people who claim to be Muslims, they say this. 
When you tell them, you know, Allah said this, they say, hey, keep quiet, I don't want to hear. I know better than you. You know better than who? It's a verse of Allah. So sometimes it's best to just nod your head out of weakness and to say, Jazakallah khair. Or even if you are silent, it's better than being disrespectful to Allah. Don't make a mistake of uttering against Allah any word because then you are playing with the wrong fire. Subhanallah. That fire is everlasting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says thereafter, and this is the last verse, we will end with it inshallah. Reminder for all of us. This is like an address to the people. Address to the people in the hereafter, the day of judgment, Allah says. And even just after the people have died, in the hereafter, at any given stage that Allah wills, and Allah is addressing the people saying, you know what? You have now come to us single, alone. You're, it's just you and us. Done. You are alone. Subhanallah. Think about it. We've been to the graveyard here several times, I'm sure, right? The person who had family, brothers, perhaps sisters, he was popular or she was popular in society, friends and everything else. What happens? The whole community comes and takes them to where? To the grave. Once they bury them, what happens to the rest of the community? Gone back. Does anyone just go and sit around and have a cup of tea there by the graveyard? Not at all. So who's there? Well, that person is now with Allah in a totally different world that we don't even know details about besides a small portion that Allah has explained to us. That's it. So Allah says, ah, you came now alone. Now you're alone. Now you have come to us alone. Just like we created you in the first place. That's how you've come back to us. Imagine where were we prior to our souls being blown into the wombs of our mothers where we were. Prior to that, where were we? Allah knows. We don't have the capacity to even think of that and man thinks his brain is a big deal. Man thinks his brain is a big deal when no man on earth can ever remember the moment he was born. Forget about prior to that. So where were you? With such a sophisticated brain, you can't even remember the time you were in the womb of your mother. Even though nowadays people can take photos of you. They can take scans and they can show you this is you and this was you. You say, hey, I can't even believe I was in there. And subhanallah, man wants to become argumentative. Allah says, ah, now you've come to us all alone, just like you were prior, before, when we made you the first time. Everything we gave you on the earth, you left it behind your backs, all gone. So what did Allah give you? Firstly, your father, your mother, your brothers, your sisters, your family, every person that was around you, all you left them behind. On top of that, the gifts Allah gave you, your money, your wealth, your authority, your looks, your what, your what, everything. Your makeup behind, sorry to say that. Everything is gone. Your watches, your phones, gone. Everything. So Allah says, Taraktum ma khawalnakum wara adhuhurikum. Have you realized you left everything? It's gone. It's gone. Finished. You have come here alone. What did you bring? Think, oh man, the only thing you're going to take to Allah is your deeds. Nothing else. Nothing, wallahi. The only thing that Allah will judge you by is 
the clean heart that you had, those are the ones who are going to be very, very content on that day and happy. The cleanliness of the heart commences with the worshipping of the maker alone. When Allah says, Qalbun Salim, He's talking of a pure heart, no sickness, no disease. Firstly, I'm worshipping my maker alone. That's a sign that it's not a diseased heart. Thereafter, I have this heart that fulfills the duties that I have, respecting others, reaching out to them, and so on. There is the rights of the Almighty and the rights of the creatures of the same Almighty. All this needs to be fulfilled. How did you treat the animals? Did you throw stones at the dogs? That will harm you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. So Allah says, you left everything behind. You have come. And then Allah says something even more powerful. وَمَا نَرَى مَعَكُمْ شُفَعَاءَكُمُ الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ أَنَّهُمْ فِيكُمْ شُرَكَاءَ We don't see with you those intercessors that you claimed were partners with Allah who would be able to help you today. Where are they? That's a very powerful verse. This verse is actually one of the most powerful verses when it comes to protecting ourselves from associating any form of partnership with Allah. Because the question Allah is asking you here, hey, you said this person will intercede, that one will intercede, this person is a partner with Allah, that one's going to write me a jitti and a little note and put it in the grave and say, this is our man, Jibreel, don't trouble him. Allah, people are doing it. The last I found a man telling me we pay 25,000 US, we get a paper and it's in our grave and we know we're going to heaven. I said, that 25,000 US is actually a joke. It's a joke. Even that won't help you. Piece of paper. Allah says, Taraktum. Read these verses of Surah Al-An'am. Read them. Verse number 94 of Surah Al-An'am. Don't make a mistake. And check it out. Allah says, you've, you've come alone. It's you and I. Yes. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will intercede on behalf of those who tried their best to follow him. Definitely. That is mentioned in revelation. Allah has spoken about it in different ways. And the hadith of the Prophet has explained it to us. That too, it's Allah's permission through which it will happen. There's a hadith which says those who the Prophet intercedes for, Allah will accept it. But there will be some who would have cheated and deceived. And Allah may decide not this one. And the Prophet will be asking why not. According to one narration, it's a good explanation, so I'm mentioning it. He says, you don't know what they did after you. They turned on their backs and they didn't follow. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us the intercession of Muhammad on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the beautiful verse where Allah says, Ma nara ma'akum. We don't see with you those who you claimed would help you now today between us. They themselves need help. They need help, subhanAllah. So Allah is saying, That connection today is cut between you and them. It's just between you and us. Allah says, Between you, it has been cut. Whatever you used to imagine and believe, whatever you used to think, whatever you used to claim, all of that is lost. It's all lost. So these are the verses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness insha'Allah next week. We will continue further in Surah Al-An'am. Until then, aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallahi bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka.